So we all know summer is approaching, which is very exciting. Warmer days are coming. Um, so fuel up for them with factors, no prep, no mess meals. You can meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-created meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. What are you waiting for? With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have a new flavor to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Make your day delicious from breakfast to dessert. Stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. Treat yourself to restaurant quality meals that feature premium ingredients like shrimp and blackened salmon. Keep your kitchen time to a minimum. Factor meals are ready in two minutes. No shopping, prepping, cooking or cleaning up, which Lou hates to do. I do. I hate cleaning up. <laughs> Enjoy effortless support for your lifestyle. Choose from six menu preferences to help you manage your calories, maximize protein intake, avoid meat, or simply eat well and balanced, which just makes cooking and meal prep easy at home. Not that you're cooking or meal prepping, they've done it all for you. Head to factormeals.com slash common50 and use common50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off for your next month. That's code common50 at factormeals.com slash common 50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello. Good morning. Today is a bit more upbeat than last week's episode. <laughs> Still got some tissues aside if we need some. Do we? I actually no. don't. I didn't prepare. <laughs> and we'll see how we go. We'll test we'll test our luck. Hopefully this episode's a little bit lighter. We're still talking about grief. We're still talking about we're following on from, I guess, more of like a part two from last week's episode. We're so glad you guys loved last week's episode because Cardi was a little bit nervous to get it out. Mm, I was so anxious. I will Recording it, I felt quite confident because I feel like I have spoken so much about it with people and I digested it and I was really ready to talk because I really wanted to help people and also have some closure for myself. But once I listened to it back, I was like, oh my God, like we were in the, we were having a little staycay together over the weekend and I had a bit of a panic and I was like, I don't think I can put this out. I think I want to re-record it. I think I just, I was really judging myself for everything and like mm. how I've handled it. And then you had to remind me like, but this is you and this was your relationship with your dad and you were just being as honest as you could. And I think it was, conf- it was just confronting because mm. it was just like, I don't know. It's scary when you're going through something so vulnerable and then you talk about it and then you're putting it out to thousands of people mm. to then judge you on it. Um, you know, you're just opening up a space for people to be able to give mm. their opinions and you're already so fragile right now. You don't mm. really 
you're not probably ready to hear opinions of anything to do with how you're dealing with something mm. that you're doing right now. I was just nervous that, and it was just hard. It's hard to admit to like thousands of people, like my dad passed and we didn't have an ideal relationship. Mm. And that's not easy to say because like everyone romanticizes the perfect family mm. ideals and like, why, like, why did I feel silly for being sad even though we weren't super close? I felt like people might judge me for that. But if anything, I feel like it's made it, you know, harder. And it's been so much more to try and process and digest. Anyways, I just felt nervous about it. I was judging myself a lot, which was just silly because grief is not universal. Like, sorry, grief is a universal thing, but everyone experiences it so differently. And as well, like, depending on your relationship with that person, like, you've lost an auntie before and Mm -hmm. that experience for you was so different compared to this one. So Mm -hmm. I think you then maybe comparing that to this. I compared it so much. And Mm. I think what I'm learning about grief is like, especially the situation with uh, losing my dad is that every day is very different. And I feel every week is very different and it's very up and down. Mm. Everyone's like, how are you? And I was like, it just comes in waves. Like it's really just comes in waves. So I feel like, yeah, I was proud of that ep now that looking back that I could you know not cry the entire time and mm. I really just wanted to pull it together to be able to talk about it but it doesn't take away from I'm still dealing with it just mm. doing an episode doesn't just make any pain go away and that's why I think we both wanted to um do a part two, part two. to kind of talk more about grief and like dive deep and the processes of grief and not only grief but we wanted to both talk about like our relationships with our dads. Yeah. Which is really hard. It is. We've both kept pretty quiet Quiet. about it. It's hard to talk about something so personal because we both haven't even spoken to our own dads about it much. Mm -hmm. So it's weird coming onto a public platform and opening up about something so personal. So we just ask that (laughs) everyone be nice. Be kind. Respect our vulnerability and Yeah, which I'm sure everyone will. And I like we do this so that someone out there who has a similar situation with a parent or a family member or anyone can relate to this. But um we just yeah I will I from the bottom of my heart really wanted to say thank you everyone for being so kind and supportive of my journey and um that goes from like being patient with our podcast and moving forward just having you know a bit of leeway I guess with mm. how some things might come up because we just don't really know um and I don't know how everything's gonna be moving forward I know I think it's gonna be fine I'm not yeah. saying like it's gonna be bad it's just everything's very um fragile yes right now and so yeah all the love is amazing and so um, I'm so grateful for it. We both are. Mm-hmm. But anyways, that's our little preface <laughs> to this epi. It's going to be uh, hopefully no tears in this episode. Um, but we should do our start off with our mantra, mantra of, of the, the week. week. <laughs> Why do we giggle every single time we do it? We have to. We just can't take it too seriously because we know the sound that's coming after it. The ding. It gets me every time. I'll We've got no matcha clean. today, guys, either, by the way. I, I wanted. I just went to naturally do my matcha swell just then. We had a decaf long black. <laughs> oh, my God, guys, this morning I was drinking a juice and I did a matcha swell from my juice. There was no ice in it, nothing. I'm like, I'm, I'm like accustomed or I'm trained to do mm. the matcha swell. 
So this mantra is one that one of my friends, Nikki, actually told me about. And it was when I was actually fighting with one of my ex-boyfriends at the time. But I remember we were like, we were not talking and I wanted to like communicate. She was like, no, sometimes you've just got to send love from afar. And um, this affirmation is just really good to... um, neutralize and yeah. neutralize the frequency between think, two people yeah like cut the cut any of those negative ties mm-hmm. and like you're in control of letting that go mm-hmm. if that makes sense yes yeah. um so repeat after me i'm sorry i'm sorry please forgive me please forgive me thank you thank you i love you i love you so what i took from this is that i'm you don't even – I don't need anything from you. Mm-hmm. I'm giving my apologies for whatever's happened in this situation. Mm-hmm. I'm taking accountability for my actions in this situation and um, I'm asking for forgiveness and I'm thanking you for everything mm-hmm. and oh, sending love. It reminds me of the one that I said a few weeks ago The when I was talking about that, what my therapist said to me about, no, I do not wish to battle with you. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is a great mantra – similar to that where it's like you're you are cutting the energy from someone this Mm -hmm. feels very like neutralizing a frequency between two people without having to go into combat or battle with someone yeah and for this case we this felt fitting because for me my dad's not here anymore and I am doing all those things at the moment I'm apologizing for not doing more I'm asking for forgiveness same thing. I'm sending my love. And what's the other one? It's Thank you. And I'm thanking him. So I can't do that in my life. And I I have to navigate the guilt of not of all these unfinished, untied situations. So a, a mantra like that's really profound because it just be as I said in the last ep, just because someone's not here anymore doesn't mean the love is cut or or that you can't still communicate. It's just their physical body that's not here, but their soul and energy is still is around. So I think that's a really great mantra to say to yourself. And then for you, this was profound because. I think my situation was similar in the sense that I can't communicate with my dad. He doesn't have the ability to be able to Mm. like give me what I want in that situation. So I think going kind of like, okay, I forgive you. I forgive myself. Let's just move forward and do what we can now Mm -hmm. and, you know, accept him for who he is and the situation for what it is and Mm -hmm. that, like we spoke about this morning, like changing our expectations that we have from them. Mm. Um, So, yeah, I mean, this is something that I haven't physically said to my dad, but I do think about it when I think of him and I just think another thing that we spoke about is like they're doing – they did the best they could – with, you know, how they were brought up and mm. in their generation and the tools that they were given. And unfortunately, like, I feel like our parents, you know, they, they, their upbringing was so different to ours. Mm. Like we've been given so much love and yeah support. Well, I guess it's more like, because we were talking about what we wanted to talk about today and we were like, you know, we want to touch on grief again and then discuss our, our challenging relationship. So yeah, Ashton and I, we, we want to really talk like probably in the second half of this ep about uh, both of our relationships with our dads. But I think before we jump into that, we wanted to talk about 
grief a little bit more. Sorry, sorry. I feel like I'm going to faint. Are you okay? I just got really dizzy. <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. I just almost fainted. That was quite a little, um, little mid intro. We almost lost the loo. <laughs> and then Carly's like, I'm going to go down with you if you faint. So, like, I get really, I was just saying to Ashton, like, I've got really low blood pressure mm-hmm. or sugar levels or whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> and I faint really easily. And ever since my concussion, like, I'll get, I just get faint if I stand up too quick, if I don't eat enough. Like, if I leave too many hours between eating, I just get faint. And Ashton's just experienced it. She's like, oh, I get it now. And I was like, you literally, when you're about to faint, your head gets so light and you have to pull your entire soul back onto earth. Like, it's just, I, felt like I was literally leaving the earth. I'm like, come back. The way you just, you have to say to someone, fuck, I think I'm going to faint because you need to like tell them case you just- I'm sitting down too so I'm like thinking shit I'm not even standing up I'm sitting down I'm about to literally topple off my chair I've got to tell her I said to Ashton I was like here get up with me come outside I'm like because I think if we don't I'm gonna faint <laughs> I have so much PTSD from fainting that if someone starts talking about it too much like me right now mm. and a bit all the lights we're in a small room like it yeah. just happens now I'm sucking on a lollipop I've had a few skittles <laughs> sour skittles Ooh, I hate sour oh I love it they just taste normal to me okay Let's get back on track. Mm-hmm. Um, so before we talk about our relationships with our dads, we want to just talk a bit more about grief. And as I kind of said, I am navigating this with a uh, situation with my dad the best I can each day. And it's very unpredictable. And I think anyone going through grief would know one day you're on top of the world, you feel normal. And the next day you could hear a song. You could smell something of theirs. My trigger has been I've been seeing all these men and from the back they look like my dad. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, it's dad. And then I go, it's really weird because my subconscious is thinking about him so much. Mm. So I'm seeing him in everyone. Mm. And um, yeah, but I wanted to talk to you and ask you about um, your how you've dealt with grief. You lost your grandma, which is that the first person you've lost? Yeah. So I would say it's probably the second person I've lost the first person who was I was close to was um, one of my good friends, Taylor. Her mom passed away a few mm, years ago. I remember that. Yeah, just after her I wedding. That. And she was like a second mom to me, like when I was growing mm. up in my teenage years. And um, I think she died from liver cancer. Mm. And, yeah, I remember I hadn't seen her in probably six months because I was living in Sydney. And I came back to the Gold Coast for Taylor's wedding and her mom, Linda, was in like a wheelchair and had lost so much weight. That's and the, yeah, when when you see them again. Yeah. So and dad, I, when I'd seen him again and he'd lost all that weight, I was like. <gasps> it makes you realise mm-hmm. like, shit, like they're not in a good way. Mm-hmm. And I remember seeing her and it was just like, like I was looking into her eyes and she didn't recognise me. I was like. Lindy and she just she it's didn't heartbreaking. she either didn't recognize me I'm not sure if there was if she was I think if she was so high on the drugs from the cancer it and was everything. like my yeah Annie Wendy had lung cancer and cancer is a whole other bitch mm. and the the uh, sorry the treatment for yeah. cancer like chemo mm. is horrendous mm-hmm. Like what Painful. it puts someone's body through. I remember Arnie Wendy was the same and like there'd be moments you look at them and it's the same thing. It, it takes them a minute and that's heartbreaking to see people you, you love and care about like 
just not really be themselves anymore. Well, you, they lose, they're slowly losing their soul a mm-hmm. little bit. Oh, God, I hope this isn't triggering for anyone listening. I'm sorry, yeah. It's, it's this is, yeah, we should probably do a disclaimer at this. Trigger warning. Trigger warning. Literal trigger warning. Um, yeah. But anyways, yes. Yeah. So uh, I think that, yeah, that was probably the first person that was closest to me that I lost. And that was hard because Taylor, my good friend, had just gotten married. She had to leave her honeymoon early because she got the phone call saying her mum had passed mm. while she was on her honeymoon. And yeah, they that she uh, had her baby and the mum didn't get to meet the baby and everything Mm. like that um but yeah so that was the first person and then the second person was my grandma which obviously is my first family member that I've lost and it was my dad's side and similar situation in terms of like I wasn't really that close not really close with any of my dad's side of the family so I think um my grandma was the closest person I was yeah closest to on that side side. which would have been hard losing her because that would have been your comfortable link so if you had your family I know like when I'd go to my dad's side stuff my auntie Wendy was my comfortable link and like some of my cousins so then you've just lost your safety net yeah your middleman on that side yeah so I think when I first heard the news, I was away with you, Karts mm. and Ellie. We're on this beautiful boat. We're on Jamie's boat. Just got on the boat ready to have like the a wit Sundays. stun day out. We did it for my birthday. Yeah, and little poor belated birthday. little Lou. I have this video of you and the wind's blowing your hair and everyone's drinking around you and you're just sitting there like Will was just like hugging you and you you just have tears rolling down your eyes and we just all – didn't know same thing yeah you don't know how to act no one knows what to do I remember Tripper just sitting there so awkward like he just wasn't saying anything everyone's just like oh yeah they just kind of hug you and they're like they try and tell you they'll try and relate to you by talking about someone they've lost and Mm. like to be honest at the time like you just don't want to hear it like you don't Mm. really care about anyone's story right now like you're just trying to process it's something it's a shock yeah it's just it's managing shock I think grief the hardest thing is managing the shock of it because how can our human brains it's the hardest thing to comprehend that someone can be here one day and you're sitting talking Mm. to them and then the next day they're just they're just not anymore and it's like that thing I said last time it's like when I lost that the time is up yeah and you just and that's what it feels like you're like then you would have been running through. Well, you didn't get to have a conversation and say goodbye, but with my grandma I got oh, to, remember? Yes, I remember. So I got a phone call from my didn't dad. Did I say hello to her? Yeah, you said, oh we FaceTimed her. Yeah, yeah, you met her. <laughs> Everyone did it one stage. Oh my God, I remember. What was that? Beryl. No, but you, what were you calling her? None. <laughs> On the boat, you're like, Granny Beryl. Or maybe, nanny, nanny Beryl? Nanny Beryl. <laughs> nanny Beryl. Nanny, not Granny. <laughs> <laughs> Nanny Barrel. Yeah. So on you on the you on the tinny? I was on the tinny. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. I and yeah, so yeah, I, I'm not sure if it was like me saying this, I'm scared to be judged, but I was drinking that day. Yeah, I I, I mean that day I wanted to I know that my grandma would have wanted me to have a beautiful day. Like I was out on the boat. I was in the Whit Sundays, like was with some friends. So I was like, okay, like I was an emotional record day. The thing is, is like it was so weird to ha- say goodbye to her. 
Like mm. I've never done that before. I was crying, tears running down my face. I was saying, I'm I'm sorry, I can't be there because I got told that day that she was going to be passing in the next few days and Queensland was in lockdown. So I couldn't fly back because <sighs> I wouldn't have been able to go see her anyway. The hospitals weren't letting Can any I visitors. just say for anyone, like I feel for anyone during COVID mm. that has lost someone or that hasn't been able to reach a family member, like how – if you're listening how you've dealt with this, I don't even – I can't even comprehend because oh, it's, it's cruel. It's cruel. Like actually cruel. Like you hear stories of people not being able to get into Queensland to say goodbye to their dying mom or their partner that's sick or or like when COVID restrictions, like not being able to have a funeral. She should be able to say goodbye to a loved one. Like, and a I, funeral is like the biggest like – chapter for closure Mm -hmm. I know it helped me so much so not being able to do that or visit someone in a hospital when they're literally on their deathbed I just think it's just so fucking inhumane it's traumatic like you're already having to deal with losing someone let alone being told sorry you can't say goodbye to them because there's a virus going around I can't I just feel for anyone that's been through that or is going through that right now or is overseas and can't get oh god Mm. COVID, fuck off, please. Like, holy it's time to it's go. Time. You've been evicted. But anyways, mainly talking about like um, with Granny Barrel, Nanny Barrel, <laughs> and my dad. The link we share in this is well, so lucky, and I'm so happy you got to you know speak to her and say goodbye. But what you um, related to me with was that you felt guilt. Yeah, which is what we both have been sitting here going, well. We could have done more. Mm-hmm. Talk me through. So I I actually expressed that to my nan when I was on the phone to her. I just said, I'm I'm sorry I didn't come see you more. Like I, I started crying. I just said, I feel so bad. And she was like, oh, she said, it's fine. Um, we, we're always going to have love. All we have mm-hmm. is love and we're always going to have that and I'll, and I'll always love you. So I think that gave me a bit of – comfort knowing that she knew she knew I loved her and yeah. I know she loves me yeah it just our family circumstances were complicated and mm. she knew that mm. and um as much as she would have enjoyed me to visit her more I think she understood that so mm. and I'm sure you know your dad would have understood that too who knows who knows I mean that's why I got so f- strung up or not being able to write that letter because I actually don't know if he knew. I think that he thought I was trying to punish him mm. by not visiting him much and stuff. That, that's why I wanted to write the letter to tell him like it wasn't because I'm trying to hurt you. I'm trying to protect me and I'm just not ready yet. It would, It's just hard. But I think that's, you know, on talking about the guilt, um, it's like I still feel it and I'm going to feel guilty mm forever forever and ever for the things Mm -hmm. I didn't get to say but it's just like reminding myself and if you're in a similar situation like exactly what I said in the last ep is like just because they're not here physically they can still hear everything that you want to say and so I just now dedicate like in my mind or in my own time to acknowledge him and thank him for everything that he taught me and when I talk to him like anytime I speak to my friends about him I do acknowledge how similar we are and like mm. I am so grateful. Um, I think, well, I think to get over the guilt, talking about him in those positive ways makes me feel better about it and like looking at it in a more positive light. Like I like reflecting on him now and acknowledging like 
how charismatic he was, mm. me, the way I storytell in a group and like I'm the loudest bitch in the room all the time. Like that was my dad, you know? And I think, yeah, I don't know. I don't even know if that means anything or makes any sense, but just being able to talk about him now positively and like in a good light. I don't Yeah. I, I feel like when when they pass, you are kind of left with the good memories. Yeah. And it's I just think, the love that's left. Yeah, the love that's left. And I think no matter how much time you spent with them, I feel like you're always going to feel like you could have done more. Mm-hmm. Even if you went and saw your grandma or your dad once a week, I mm-hmm. still feel like you could have been like, damn, I could have seen them twice and a week. We're I could have seen them. I could have called them every day. Like there's always going to be never, more It's never going to feel enough. Yeah. We're always so harsh on ourselves. Yeah. And I think it's um, it's having grace and some forgiveness with yourself and that's what I'm now working through and like, I think with anyone that loses anyone in their life or any situation really, it's having grace with yourself Mm -hmm. and realizing you did the best that you could with your circumstances. It's like as much as you can let all of the, I could have this, what if that, what if, you know, I like the self-deprecating thoughts and the overthinking about what could have been, I think the realization, the harsh truth and like reality, like giving yourself reality check and being like, that's not, that it's that's not how it went and that's not what it is and you have to now deal with what is your truth now like they're not here anymore you cannot change what has happened you can only move forward positively like and be present I think for me as well going to my nan's funeral it actually brought a lot of us closer Mm -hmm. and I Mm -hmm. think sometimes death can bring people closer. It does. Because I think you you like you and your family now, you have got this really tight-knit mm-hmm. dynamic. It's almost like you and your brother can – there's no weird tension and yeah, war now. there's no more tension, which it's sad that we had to lose dad for that. But I – like Ashton was at the funeral um, with me and you met so many of my cousins. Mm-hmm. You met some of my, you know, aunties and, aunties and some of my family members that I haven't seen in ages and – the most, the specialist, is that a word? Specialist. The most, most special? special part for me was seeing my cousins that I hadn't seen in ages. And um, we all sat down and kind of, I guess, with two of my cousins, you know, that I always looked up to growing up, like your big cousins. Like I was the youngest on my dad's side. I was the baby. And kind of being able to sit with them being like, you know, we love I love you and you love Mm. me and we no one gets it besides us Mm. being on this side of the family Mm. like with the dads because it's um my dad had four brothers and two older sisters he was the youngest so there was there's lots of kids you know but being able to sit with them and bond over something like us all having these very similar types of dads yeah um was really really nice and like you know, we're all now going to catch up for like a Christmas mm. lunch. And like, we haven't done that yeah. since I was little. And like, we're adults now. And it really, it was really heartwarming. And and the funeral, which I was so anxious about, seeing that my dad's side of the family that I hadn't in ages, it ended up being such a nice day. Like, I remember yeah. I went to bed at night and I was like, today was fucking hard, but filled with love though. I had a lot of fun. Yeah. I had a lot of fun. <laughs> it was weird and fun. Yeah. And like talking about dad in that way and talking to people. Everyone that was knew, celebrating him. It was such a celebration of life. Mm. And yeah, talking to like some of my dad's lifelong friends and to, like, you know, just getting to know him even through them, through them was really beautiful. And mm. to see how many people turned, you know, showed up. So and many people. That was a lot of people. 
dad was popular. Yeah. He was. He was pretty <laughs> funny. He was a funny man. He was trying to get it sometimes. <laughs> I know. Bloody performer, I'll tell you that much. What star sign was he? Capricorn. He was oh. such a little bull. Yeah, that makes sense oh. why he was so, like, stubborn and tough. That's why with money, tight. Yeah. With money. Hard worker. Hard worker, very business-focused. Um, that's where I learned it all from. Mm. But he was, yeah, so inappropriate and hilarious. I think with death as well, it's a significant reminder that you don't know when your time is up mm-hmm. and that we life is so short. So I think it's just that really – not nice reminder because death is not nice, but, but it's a wake up it's, call. Yeah, like, it's, bitch, it's start that, fucking living your life, yeah, boo. Yeah, like it's a reminder to be to do the things that you might be scared to do. It's a reminder to send someone a nice message, mm-hmm. give someone a hug, tell people how you feel. But you know how like people say that like life is short, but yeah. I'm I'm telling you for a fact. Okay, lived. I've just lived it. Yeah. Like it is very unpredictable. Yeah, and we all seem to think. That death isn't it? It's not going to affect with, us. We think We're it's young, not going to happen to whatever. us. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, you know, I just heard a story from my friend who has a friend um, that she lost someone really close to her out of the blue, just completely spontaneously. Well, she's lost. Did you say twelve people? Well, she has lost a lot of friends, but this is another one that was twenty nine, and she had no underlying health conditions, just gone. And that was also a big wake up call to me. That I was like, I think I live quite. Like I try and live and step towards fear. I try to live fearlessly, but it reminded me like stop living your life just planning for your future. Just be more present, more presence. Mm -hmm. It's a constant thing that I have to remind myself. We all do. It's really hard to try and stay present. But here I'm like, you know, even with us, we're like, okay, in the next year we're going to do this and then, yeah, we'll get around to do it. No, let's just get working on it now, okay? Like, well, right now for New Year's. Well, we've, you know, like we've got some so things. We've got some things in store. Some YOLO plans that we're just like, you know what? Maybe it's not the smartest idea that we're spending our money doing what we're about to do, but are we going to have fun? Yes. Is it going to add to our life experience? Yes. Are we going to meet amazing people? Yes. Is it what, like, older me is going to want for myself? Fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it, it's just, it, it <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think like death teaches us so much and, um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's a reminder that, yeah, to start living. You know, it's really crazy. The timing of like, you know, our other episode before the one about my dad was about fear. Yeah. And then we talked about my dad and now we're talking about grief and accepting it and it, everything comes back to living presently in your truth and overcoming fear. Yeah. Doing what whatever you want to do with this time you have, but make it good. Spend time with people you love and really care about. So after, like I've been saying it to you now since dad passed, like I don't have the capacity to be around people that don't yeah. make me feel great or don't teach me something. Can't do small talk. No. <laughs> can't do stupid events. Can't no. do silly little naff things with people anymore. Make me feel something. Or get out. Yeah. Make me feel love supported. Fill up my cup. Make me giggle. Yeah. Make me feel like I'm at home and safe with you. Like I'm sick of wasting my time with stupid energy draining surface level things. Agreed. You know? (laughs) (laughs) You heard? I just, because we do, we distract ourselves with either, is it because we're trying to fit in? Is it because we're trying to be a part of something? Like I just want to have my own 
community and my own family. And it's more important now than ever that I'm spending my time on this earth. It's so precious. I want to spend it with the right people. Yeah. Not just giving my energy away. I think when you kind of lack that direction, which I think both we've both been like a little bit, oh, where are we going? What's next? What are we doing? So <laughs> it's so easy for us chaos. to just like chaos. So easy for us to just like say yes to anything and everything. Like we're not setting boundaries. We're mm. not, we don't have, well, we're about to have a plan, but we didn't have a plan <laughs> of like what we need to do and anything that doesn't serve this plan, we're going to say no to. Mm-hmm. We haven't done that yet. Mm. So we were just saying yes to anything and everything because well, why not kind of Mm. thing. But then we ended up kind of being drained and uh, just tired and not fulfilled and we were kind of left feeling, yeah, we were left feeling unfulfilled. Frazzled and unfulfilled and that's why I mean death, grief, everything, big wake-up calls. So I guess that's what we've both learned yeah and that's what we're moving through and that's what I wanted to touch on on grief. I didn't want to like go into more stuff about dad too much at all. Like, I don't think it needs to be dragged on. Cardi's good. She's moving through it day by day. Day by day. Oh, yes, we cry in that little part where we're still about to talk about our dads. I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's not over yet. So what we wanted to kind of touch on was our childhoods and um, our relationships with our dads and how they affected, I guess, our childhood and how we are now and what we are doing uh, to break those like behavioral patterns that I guess could mm. easily be passed down through generations. Mm. And we just thought, like we spoke about it again this morning at breakfast and we're just saying like we, us sharing our story about how we have challenging relationships with a parent figure is we know telling our story isn't going to fix your situation, but I think it's really nice to know that someone else is going through that because as I said, people love to romanticize this perfect family dynamic. Like I've got the perfect mom and dad. No one's family is perfect. No. Families are dysfunctional. So dysfunctional. <laughs> Mine certainly growing up was extremely dysfunctional. Same. Um, so I just, you know, we won't, we won't, I don't know. We don't need to go into like too, too many much details. It's more just like letting you guys in on what maybe life was like for us growing up yeah. or, you know, you're still currently in your, you know, your situation, situation with your dad and you're navigating that as best you can. Yeah. So I guess that's, it's so hard talking about relationship, a bad relationship with a parent. I don't know. I know. For years I haven't been able to talk about it. I know. And it's so weird because I don't remember – a lot. A lot when I was younger. You I just suppress it yeah. all. And I feel like my memories just blocked it out because of the trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess a background on my childhood was my parents divorced when I was about four years old. So I don't really remember them together, to be honest. I don't have any memories God, of them together. <laughs> I know. So weird. But my mum had to literally – I hope she doesn't mind me telling this. I don't you you said it in a podcast before. Okay, cool. Yeah, you said it. Yeah, she, she literally, literally escaped. Yeah. She skitty-bopped out of there. She Go juju. Yeah. She <laughs> packed the truck and <laughs> she got out of there while dad was at work um, because dad kind of emotionally mm-hmm. and verbally abused my mom and um, mom didn't want us growing up around that environment. Mm-hmm. So she was protecting us and she – kind of, yeah, had to escape because my dad kind of made a few comments, yeah. Like I would always talk to mum about 
because our mums, oh, bless our mums, they've mm. been through pretty much the exact same thing with our dads. Mm. They're so strong. Yeah. I remember I'd talk to mum and I'd be like, you know, we'd talk about how dad used to, same thing, was quite verbal and rude to my mum and, you know, at, same with Jules. And mum goes, look, I know he never hit me, mm. but sometimes I think the words hurt more because I'm left with this damage now. Mm. I'm left with these thoughts. I'm yeah. left thinking what did I do so wrong? Yeah. And that's their trauma Then they have to, you know, move through. And then it's mom? passed on to us. We are with them. I know. Yeah. we they, They're doing the best they can. But at the end of the day, like, they were single moms trying to raise us. And, I mean, my mom remarried. Your mom didn't. No, mom, after my dad, um, once I divorced, mom <clears throat> was really not okay for a really long time. Mm. Like I remember I became a mom, the mom. Really? For a bit. I looked after her and because she just would cry all the time. Mm. Would just break down all the time. She had been so beaten down. I remember she would just literally cry all the time and would always say, like, I am going to have a nervous breakdown. She was on the verge of a nervous breakdown because my dad put my mum through court for years. They fought for years about money, mm. which is why I've got my mindset about money now because I'm mm. like, I've seen it tear my family apart and my yeah. parents apart and destroy my mum. But, yeah, I had to step up as the mum for yeah. so long and look after her. We, like, took turns of mothering and it's funny. Yeah. The way that uh, it all went about. Yeah, you would have had to grow up real quickly That's in a way. That's why I grew up so fast. Yeah. Because of my that parents' sense. divorce, yeah. Because my mum left my dad so young. I was, like, four years old. So, yeah. I, like, by the time I had an on and off relationship with my dad from then, like, legally, like, mum wanted to do the right thing them. and see them, you know, every second weekend, I think oh, it was. I used to hate it. I used to oh. hate the split home living. Hated it. Mm. And just because, like, I was never close with dad and it was just always so, like, awkward and uncomfortable. And, like, <laughs> oh, I know the feeling. <laughs> yeah. It just was like, it just didn't feel like when you were with your mom and you just, like, relaxed. Yeah. At home. Yeah. And, like, how hard for a young kid to be, it's confusing. You're like, and all your friends at school, like, have these normal lives and they live in one house and here you are, like, Doing split, you know, split yeah. custody living. Like, yeah. it's very weird. My parents had a constant battle. They've never been friends. Mm. They've always not liked each other. And um, it was very hard growing up with your, like, hearing your parents only say Bad not very things nice about things each about other. each other. And it was just like, I instead of growing up and seeing my parents being a team, it was like the opposite. They yep. were enemies and like And then they put you in the middle of it. Yeah. And it's like no kid should ever be put in the middle of that, you know? Yeah. And then I don't know if you were like me, like when dad would say really bad things about mum. You would stick up for her. Oh yeah, and same. it made me hate him. Same. And it pushed me away from him. Yeah. And I would ask him so many times, like, because I wanted a relationship with him. I wanted same. to try. He just would always say these horrible things about mum that I knew weren't true, but yeah. he was attempting, he was trying to brainwash me yeah. into thinking she was evil. And I remember once he succeeded, one time he said just the right thing. And I was like, <gasps> same. How? And you went back to your mum and, and I was like, so why would you do this? Evil. And she was like, who? And she's what? like, and then I'm hurting my mum even more. And, yeah. you know, it's just, it's constant. That's why I respect mum a lot because she never, sure, she didn't like dad, but she wasn't in my ear 24 7. She just, like saying bad things, she just supported me Same. and was like, I know he's not the best. And I, she obviously felt guilty. She's yeah. like, I've married this man. Yeah. I've had, that's your, that's their dad. And now yeah. they have to deal with him and I have to, you know, so yeah. 
I think our parents would obviously feel that guilt, but. So much. My mum will cry every time she brings up something. I'm so sorry. And I'm like, Mm. mom, it's fine. You were young. (laughs) And this is what um, about like, because we don't, we don't need to go too far into it, but um, with, I guess our story, we can like, we can, I don't really know what's the best thing to divulge, but I wanted to, on that part about our parents feeling guilty, it's like, oh, we could sit here and play victim. Mm. Why did we not get the picture perfect family? Yeah. Why did, why is our dads, why were they sucky? Yeah. Why weren't they empathetic? Yeah. Why didn't they see us? Yeah. You know, boohoo for us, whatever. We could play victim. We could, you know, sit in this, but how amazing it's made us so strong and resilient. Yeah. And we now know and we can learn from the way the love we didn't receive from our dads. What what are we now looking for in a partner moving yeah. forward? What kind of standard do we want to uphold that hopefully we can have in our lives? When you know, mummy. When we have a family. When we have a family. <laughs> so I feel like, you know, no bad thing that happens to us. This is just my motto in life. Nothing is it's not happening to you. It's happening for you. What can we learn? It doesn't mean it's easy or nice. Like I would appreciate that this whole thing to have not happened, but the universal roll with God won't give you anything you can't handle. Mm-hmm. And I definitely think that this is really preparing us for our future family life. I think that and we, how to raise boys. Yeah, how to raise boys. It is so important how you raise a boy. I mean, I've never done it yet, but like. Just seeing how I remember uh, talking with my therapist and I was just saying like at my grandma's funeral how cold everyone was. Mm. Like my dad's side of the family was really like my dad was the only one that got up and said a speech. Yeah, None of the other sons of my grandma, my uncles, mm. none of them got up and said anything. And yeah, they might have been, you know, too emotional. Whatever, and grieving. But- it's very hard. It's my, my dad's brothers and some of his friends were the same not a lot of them wanted to speak because Mm. one they're too scared if their emotions come out that's pretty much what most of them said they don't want to be vulnerable they don't want to be vulnerable so I think this is such a great lesson and I think this is probably why we're both very passionate about men's uh, sorry about mental health and um with the focus on like all mental health is important I always say this but my like in the current state of the world right now, men's mental health is important and really being there for your male friends to open up because and soften. Yeah. It's like a new era of men softening because otherwise they're going to turn out like our dads that I wished, all I wished for my dad was that he could have more love in his heart so he could live a better life. My dad's life could have been incredible, filled with love, but he denied himself that because he didn't know how to open to it and he didn't know how to let love in. Well, if you close yourself off from the bad, you close yourself off from the good as well. Like you have to be either open to everything or you closed off to everything. Yeah. So I think it's sad. And like as much as we could both be so hateful towards our dads, I think they've got to live with who they are at the end of the day. They have to look in the mirror and they have to be like. They've missed out. It's, it's, yes. They missed out on like having a relationship with us. And yeah, we missed out on. We're pretty. We're pretty great, daughters. I'm a little sh- shit half the time, but like, you know. I mean, I'm te- funny. Teenagers, I can't imagine it easy to deal with. No, I would have been hard to deal with. and But having, you know, someone beat you down all the time is not also constructive. I think for us being the, the, the child and the daughter, I know for me anyway, like I just remember thinking, 
why doesn't dad love me enough to want to try harder? Why yeah. doesn't he, why am I not good enough mm. as his daughter for him to want to fight for me more? Because mm. when we would fight, our um, relationship would be so on and off and it was so turbulent. And um, yeah, I'd, I'd have to either block his number or say, please don't talk to me anymore because he would be just so verbally abusive at st- some stages. And he didn't, he, he wouldn't, I wouldn't hear, even though I asked him not to talk to me, I wouldn't hear for him for mm. sometimes a year. Mm. And it was like, as much as I didn't want to hear from him, there's that inner child in me wondering why he's not fighting for me. Mm -hmm. Why does he not want to put us in family counseling and Mm. work through this? Because they don't understand. They don't know. I know. I thought all these things about my dad too. Like what, how does he just not understand? I think he would always be like, I don't get why you've distanced yourself. And I'm like, oh, do you not remember bullying me as a child about my weight? All the things you would say to me as a little girl, like they're things that I just, you, I sit there and I still to this day, I'm like, I don't understand how you ever thought the way you treated me and mom and it was ever okay. Yeah. But I'm, I have enough love in my heart to even move past now, forgive you, love you enough to keep trying. And I have kept trying. And I think I'm proud of us for both, doing that and I'm proud of anyone else there like listening that is going through that and 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 even though that other person is making it hell for you that you're still showing up with love and you're trying I promise you you won't regret that mm. you won't regret ever trying your hardest it hurts a lot you need to put your boundaries up in the right times yeah. but I think it's beautiful to keep trying always and only if it's not completely Becoming draining toxic and, yeah yeah but I'm you know this is the cards we got dealt and I'm proud of us. We've handled it the best we can. Yeah. And I'll always be here to encourage and support you with your situation with your dad while he's still here Yeah, to, you know, hopefully help you say the things you really want to say to him so that you don't then have to have the regret. Yeah. If I can live through you in this, yeah, I will. I think like what I've been working through in therapy is changing my expectations are what yes. I have from him. Yeah. So I yep. think That's instead of, yeah, yeah, I think instead of thinking like, I just want a dad, I just want to love like, me and yeah. like, walk with me on Sunday mornings yeah. and like call me little yeah. pumpkin. It's like, so it's never going to be that no. daddy daughter dynamic where you see it in movies or even I, um, my ex-boyfriend, Will, his dad is an amazing dad. And I remember seeing him with his daughters and I just remember <sighs> thinking like, it why didn't me. I get that? Like, yeah. but he was so sweet. He would, you know, Anyway, um, I, that's why I love like when I'm in someone else's family and they've got a good dad. I, yeah. I feel like I cling, cling and I'm like, oh, it feels so nice being in like someone else's family dynamic. See, I get a bit weird if uh, like because I'm not used to it. If there's that male that's like being a bit fatherly figure to me, I like freak out a bit yeah. because I don't know how to deal with it. Yeah, I, I'm sometimes okay, sometimes a bit awkward if they're a bit strange. Like, any of my mum's boyfriends. Oh, yeah. Like mum's most recent ex, Chris, who was a, quite a father figure to me, took me a year-ish to be able to talk to him because I was so protective of my mum. Mm. I was terrified anyone would come in and break our bond or would ever treat her the way that my dad treated her. Mm. But once I saw that he had, you know, good intentions, I let him in and it was nice to have someone momentarily for a few years step in as a dad. Mm. So I just, yeah, I've readjusted my expectations. Same thing. I you know, even though my dad was still alive, I realized I could still get those feelings I wanted from someone else Yeah. Um, if I let myself open to that. And also I still had dad there and I knew that it, he would just serve a different purpose. Yeah. 
And I think for us, we're so incredibly lucky to have amazing mothers that we can lean on. Like Like some people don't have any parent to lean on and that would be, I couldn't even imagine that. Yeah. So we're lucky we've at least got our mums to support us and be there for us. My mum played the role of like my dad and my mum. Yeah. And like now still does and she did a great job at that. Yeah. And I'm so grateful. So grateful. Yeah. For all that she did and all that she persevered through to keep like, because they do it for us, you know. Like my mom stayed in the marriage with my dad that was horrible for her for 14 or so years just because she wanted Harris and I to have a normal childhood. And I said to my mom, you know, the best thing you ever did for me was leave leave because I could start living a happy life once you did that because you were happier and I wasn't living in that toxicity the, child, the children can feel the energy if the parent isn't happy. So it's like I don't really – I mean I haven't been in that situation but I just think that if you're unhappy in your marriage mm. and you can – you're in a position to yeah. be able to leave financially Please. and stuff, then like I think it's better for the child to see yep. that you can have a hopefully a healthy, you know, co-parenting relationship yeah. in separate houses yeah. and it just be takes able to move on and give show your child that – you deserve happiness, yep. you know. Yep. Sometimes you've got to make decisions thing. that, you know, might not be beneficial to everyone. If But this is the thing. When you put – it's like you, when you put your safety mask on in your airplane first and you can help others, if you're crippling mm-hmm. and dying in your marriage and you're not happy, you're going to bleed onto everyone else that yeah. is around you. And I'm telling you, for me at least, mum leaving was the best, best, best thing that yeah. she could have ever done. And it took years to repair everything, yeah. But later in life, my mom, dad, myself and Harrison could all sit down and have dinner together. Yes, it was uncomfortable, but we did it, you know. Yeah. We did yeah. it and we, we could do there. it. And we got there and that's amazing. So anyways, we should probably get to our wrapping this. Yeah. But yeah, that's like, I guess, literally scraping the surface on our relationships with our dad. Yeah. But I think we – because I had a stepdad as well, which is a whole oh, other story. Oh, God. See, I'm happy I never had to do that. But I remember yelling at Chris sometimes being like, you're not my real dad. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever do that? <laughs> I think once, but oh, I used to be really angry. Yeah. I just remember doing that to Chris being like, oh, God, I'm that kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we hope that us diving a little into our childhood and our challenging relationships with our parents and kind of how we've dealt with it and how we've affected how it's affected us can help you guys feel a little less alone. And um, yeah, I think getting into therapy and trying to at least one of you do the work so that, yeah. And And realize how those traumas are presenting in your life. Like that's what we didn't really say. Like how we, I think we've mentioned it in, in our breakup podcast, how it affects the way we are with partners. Or for me, I block love a lot of the time or block being cared for or all of Mm -hmm. that. It just, it's really interesting to look into maybe you might not have even thought about that or if your relationship with your mom is not so good, how you might have these issues surrounding things. And try suggesting, I mean, I know I did with my dad and he he didn't really want to do it, but try suggesting family counselling. I love that you suggested that to him. I and that did. takes a lot of c- courage. Yeah, and when he didn't want to, he said it was too late, the damage is done, and that was really, <sighs> like, hurtful. But I mean, to I be have honest, a word to this man, I'm gonna say, we, do you realize how amazing your daughter is? <laughs> we recently have rekindled a little bit. Like no. we've, we, I took him to lunch for Father's Day with my sister, yep. and we actually had a really nice time. And I do speak to him 
here and there. And I think we've kind of come to a bit more of a um, common ground in the relationship, understanding that, you know, he's never going to be the dad mm-hmm. he wants to be and I'm mm-hmm. he's never going to be the dad I want him to be. And we just are kind of friends that chat here and there. Yeah, I love that. He I got so, drunk with us. I was so proud of, well, both of us, Father's Day. Yeah. We both, I remember I said to you, like, make sure you do something with yeah. him. You'll, you'll regret it. And I am so happy I did. That was yeah. the last time I got to see my dad. Yeah. Was right after my surgery. Was that the last time you saw him? That was the last time I saw dad <gasps> on oh Father's Day. Mm-hmm. And I remember Eilish, I like I'd just come out of surgery and I wasn't really supposed to be out of the house. Mm. And I, Eilish was like, do you want me to drive you to go see your dad? He was in hospital. It was right after he broke his hip. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I think it's really important. I go. And I went and that was the last, yeah, Thank I went God. with Harrison and we. I just sat there and I left feeling pretty shit because it was yeah. just, again, not what I was hoping for. Our interactions never seemed to be, but like I still got to go. I got to say I love you and I got to visit him. And yeah, that was the last time that I saw him. Wow. So I'm so happy. And it was on Father's Day. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Aww. Weird how the world works. It is. Ah, oh, oh, golly. God. Well, should we do our quick burst? Yes, because we didn't do it last week and that's just rude. What? Are your thoughts on Dippin' Dots ice cream? <gasps> How did you think of that? When we were at breakfast this morning, something just, oh, it just came over me. My God. How picture good this. Ready? Picture this. Young Caddy. At school? No. Oh. Chubby little carts in Disneyland in Orlando with my mom, with my fucking Mickey Mouse ears on, like fully. With my little different dots. Different dots. I loved them. Same. I loved them. I know. Don't think I'd like them now. No. But when I was younger, I just, I, I literally am so nostalgic right now. I can taste I them in my mouth. I know. Like the little balls. How do they make them? They're just all it's like. It's nitrogen, like um, nitrogen, liquid nitrogen ice cream. Oh my God. I love. <gasps> wow. Take me back. Dip and dog. We always had them when we had like school, like. We had them things? in Australia. I don't think yeah. I've ever had them in Australia. It was very much like an American thing to me. Dippin' Dots. Because we went, I remember going to Disneyland when I was younger with mum and dad and um, it was just like a Disneyland thing. I don't know. That's so weird. Yeah. Okay, my quick burst for you. Oh, so ugh. Not even funny. <laughs> Not even, same thing. We were sitting at breakfast this morning and I thought, what's your thoughts on like, Jams and like chutneys and like oh. those, like like kind of like you know those things. I love Stewed tomato things. chutney. Thank I you. love Thank tomato. You. What's the other one? Chutney and then relish. relish. Thank you. Oh. Chili relish. What's the Chili difference? Jam. One's a bit more sweeter than the other. I, I think never a know. Chutney, I think a relish is more sweet. I just think I'm a hoe for a chutters, a jam, beetroot relish. Yeah, on like a onion relish. Yeah, yum. Onion jam, like. So I just feel like it's strawberry jam. Okay, so my go-to <laughs> thing would be when I was like hungry after school or like when I was hungover or just in a snack in general is I would do butter and um, strawberry jam on toast and it was just like always yeah, delicious. so consistently yummy. Isn't it weird when I'm at hotels, I just always want to have jam toast. This is a cute little jam jar. That's what I was looking at this morning. Yeah. But it's whenever I go out for breakfast, I always have to order my tomato relish with my <laughs> eggs. Does. Like I can't not. It's rude not to. It just makes it. I think it's a Queensland thing because nowhere in Sydney, it never comes with relish. Really? When you order eggs on toast in Australia, in Queensland, or at least in Brisbane <laughs> or around here, it normally always comes with like a tomato relish. Yeah. 
We know what's nowhere, up. Nowhere in Sydney. We or, know how to breakfast. I always have to ask them. I'm like, do you guys have a tomato relish? They're like, um, we have tomato sauce. I'm like, no, not the same. Oh my God. Tomato sauce is nothing like it. No. You would not put tomato sauce on eggs. Oh, you well, you could, could sometimes. On like a bacon and Come egg roll. And if you get, if I get But not like it. a yummy scrambled eggs and avo. Like don't ruin it. Nah, sometimes. Not really. <sighs> Anyways, that was so yum. I just love jams and relishes. Same. I feel like they're so disgusting, but they're great. I love a fresh one that you can get from like the markets mm. and stuff, like a fresh strawberry jam. Mm. Yum. <sighs> I feel like that now. Oh, I'm starving suddenly. <laughs> Same. Okay. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode and don't forget to share it with your friends and follow us on Instagram and rate us and <laughs> review us. <laughs> Sorry, that's asking a lot, isn't it? <laughs> Do all the things now. (laughs) Please. Thank Thank you. you. (laughs) We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 your year to finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't actually help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. It's super convenient and helps you with actual conversation tips and tools so that you can learn how to order food, ask for directions, speak to merchants without having to consult language apps while on vacation. It can just give you that extra confidence when in a foreign country or a non-English speaking country. Plus, Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you to improve your pronunciation and accent. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash chaos. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash chaos, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash chaos. Rules and restrictions may apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.